So welcome to another episode of the pod. I don't. I hate saying these intros because, like, I'm not a podcaster. I'm <laughs> just a dude that wants to talk to other talented friends. But you know, this next guest is someone that I've been a fan of for a long time, like since 2018, 17, and just had an affinity with this artist because he is a Filipino Australian artist like me, but also just has like you know when you when you grow up in Australia. And you hear amazing voices or amazing R&B or hip hop. And then you hear the, the radio announcer or someone say, yo, you know, this guy is Australian. You, you just tend to be in disbelief because if you grew up in Australia as an Asian or as a brown kid, you would know. It's just like, you know, this kind of music doesn't come out of my country. <laughs> you know, it comes from overseas. So I'm really like honored to have this uh, next guest on he's yes. on on the album and it's like one of my favorite songs but yeah big big warm welcome to Rini how you going man hey man I'm good how you doing Saku really good bro I'm like I think this is the first time we've actually spoke like on like yep. hear each other's yep. voices right it's been it's, it's, it's crazy, a lot of emojis actually. over Instagram yeah, it's been it's been a minute like since we last you know, when, when we first connected, but like, yeah, this is definitely the first time and I'm happy to be here, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, nah, thanks for being here, bro. I, like I said, like I've been, you know, watching you like a creep <laughs> since like 2000 and <laughs> yeah, 2000 and, you know, 17, 18. And I think that's when you really came like onto the scene, especially with your uh, EP After the Sun, which, you know, wow, yes. which blew up, right? Like just did that's crazy numbers. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely, I think that was the turning point for me, um, you know, as a as a brand new artist that was, you know, trying to make it. Mm. Um, yeah, After the Sun was definitely <laughs> still trying. <laughs> and you made it. <laughs> I think like, I mean, I was looking, I was looking today, I was looking today, just like prepping for the, for our chat. And I think like Meet Me in Amsterdam is almost at like 50 million plays. Um, and I think that EP as a whole is like, you know, past a hundred million plays, um, which is crazy, man. You know, you know, these, I know they're just numbers, but numbers mean people as well. Exactly. You know, yeah. No, I'm super blessed, man. Like, honestly, I don't, I don't know how I can't even, you know, I can't even tell you how that came about, but like, I'm just, you know, I'm grateful, mm. um, for the people that listen to the music and, yeah, man, for like, you know, the, the blessing of talent and just wisdom mm. from God. and Yeah, bro. Just, you know, happy to be doing what I do. Yeah. I mean, it, it does show like, you know, good music does travel. And I think before we kind of get into like, I wanted to talk about that EP and then your trajectory till now. But like for people listening that perhaps, you know, aren't familiar with Rini or, or want to get to know you more, like how would you describe what you do? Um, like how, what, what did you tell your mom, <laughs> you know, when, when you, when it was time to move overseas, what you were doing? Oh my gosh. Well, first of all, she didn't, she didn't believe I could do it. That's, that's <laughs> never the whole do. Filipino thing. <laughs> they never do. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, nah, I was just like, you know, Hey mom, you know, I've been making this R and B music for a while. Um, and yeah, so it's, and she was like, what you mean R and B? 
<laughs> it's the good stuff. That's what yeah. I told her. Um, mm. Yeah, man. My music's just, you know, it's like if you're trying to vibe out or, you know, trying to fall in love or trying to feel just some sort of deep emotion. I feel like that's what the music, my music is. Um, I always try mm-hmm. to, you know, kind of like draw from my own experience and like, you know, just be as vulnerable mm-hmm. as I can with these music. Yeah, for with sure. Songs, I think that's so. one thing when I, I hear like your music is yeah. very honest and raw from the get go, you know, and then you have all these other sensibilities, but like, I guess when you first started like making music, cause I believe you, you know, after the sun, which is the EP that more or less put you, you know, on the map and, put you on that trajectory like was that fully self-produced like did you just kind of do that all use an independent release or uh it is an independent release but it wasn't i had i had you know a lot of help from my friends back in melbourne my homie aldwin helped me a lot with the production uh you know i wasn't big into, you know, producing like that, but I, I, I knew how to use like, you know, my basic tools, how to record my stuff. So I made demos back home in my room, my bedroom, and I took it to my homie. Um, and I had another homie who helped me out with, you know, a lot of the vocal production. Her name's Olivia Riskuyos. And, um, yeah, it was, uh, I think, couple more people from my band back home in Australia helped out record, you know, the instruments and stuff. But, um, yeah, man, like couldn't have done it without them. And yeah, this, this is kind of just like, you know, people doing something they love to do and just like collaborating. It was, there was no sort of, um, what's the word? like expectation when I was making that project. It was just like me having fun and, you know, writing down what I was going through that time and how I was feeling. So yeah, that's how it came about. Thank you. Amazing, man. I think, you know, those kind of projects that kind of come from like, you know, very grassroots and come from like home. I I like the really special ones, but one thing I've noticed is like uh, over the time you release follow-up music, which, you know, sometimes doesn't hit as, as much as that first one, but you just seem to have like really amazing fan base that just really latch on to everything that that comes out. Um, like how'd you do that? <laughs> how'd you do that? <laughs> I don't know. It's just, you know, the fans, they're just, they're, they're a blessing. And, you know, I'm super, super pro- super grateful that I have, you know, people supporting me in my music like that. And, um, I don't know, I I think it's, it's the way they kind of connected with the first projects that I put out that made them stay. And I think, you know, me being open in my songs kind of like, you know, it's a whole different, I, I don't know how to explain it completely, but, um, I think they just, I guess they formed the connection. You know, we, I formed the connection with the fans and through the music and stuff. And, you know, that, that thing just evolves. Yeah. The connection between the fans is like 
something that shouldn't go understated. You know, there are artists that completely, you know, are super enigmatic and right. um, you know nothing about them. But even with your social media presence, you're not like, you know. I'm um, not super into it. But, you're not super out yeah. there, but you still have a really special connection where you give people a glimpse into like who who Rini is, you know. I'm more than just a musician kind of thing, you know. Exactly. Just, you know, trying to show them that, you know, I'm definitely human too and I do some normal people shit and, you know, I also make music and, you know, I'm just like everybody else, man. Um, I think it's very important to to let people, you know, let your fans know that and just see that, you know, you're not higher than anybody yeah. type of thing. Agree. You know? I think that's why, you know, Filipino people as well and Filipino creatives are very humble. Um, yeah. And also yeah. very, they like to deflect, you know. <laughs> it's like, exactly. You know, oh, no, no. It's like, you know, it was someone else. Yeah, I def- I'm definitely that person. We're deflectors. <laughs> like, no, and I think people connect with that me. too, you know, because when people fall in love with a musician or an artist they love, mm. you know, and I'm sure we do it too. I do it with artists I really love. You put them on this huge pedestal and, make right. them to seem more than human when yeah. at the end of the day we're all, you know, just people trying to make things exactly. that we love. Yeah, exactly. So where That's did like the love of like music come from for you? Were you tinkering like at an early age or did it start like, normally it starts through high school for most, but like right. for you, what was that kind of journey like? Um, it, Yeah, so I started playing guitar first really. Like I, I, you know, never thought I would be making music as a thing, as my career. Um, but um, my dad was the one who introduced me to music, firstly. Um, when I was younger, you know, like they would, my dad would always be playing music in the house. And, you know, I'd be listening to like Michael Jackson, uh, Britney Spears, freaking the Queen, uh, the Eagles, uh, Journey, Bon Jovi, all that stuff, like rock ballads you know what filipinos listen to (laughs) so like that kind of just you know got me exposed to that and um my dad loves to play as well so when he was working back home um when he was oh sorry when he was overseas working uh he would like bring home like instruments every time he comes back and you know like there would be a room in the house in the philippines where everything is like set up and you know i'll just go in there and just like you know, strum the guitar. I don't know how to play it, but like, you know, it, I I, I kind of got this um, exposure to that stuff at an early age. But um, I picked up guitar when I was like, like 10 years old. I went to like classical school, but I didn't really like it. So I dropped out. <laughs> I like, I think it was like six months in, I was like, nah, I can't do it no more. <laughs> it's not for me. Classical isn't like so, classically trained, like piano and yeah, stuff like, like that. Oh, yeah, like, you know, rough. sight reading, yeah. um, finger style. I was like, ah, man, this is just too much to, you know, as a kid, I just wanted to, you know, yep. play music. I want to play the songs there, that I'd be hearing. Bro, there has to be a way for like classical, like piano teachers or those kind because my wife did the same thing and she hated it. And it's yeah. like, they got to come, they got to think of a way to make it more appealing to kids, eh? Because yeah. like, when you're older, you wish you didn't drop out, but it's like, what were you supposed to do? Like, it was exactly. probably so boring. But yeah, it's, <laughs> it's just like, oh, it's all good. Um, I think, yeah, it's a whole different discipline with mm. that type of, you know. Totally. I just, yeah, I, did, I, I couldn't see myself being like, yeah, this is, there's a sheet of paper in front of me. Just, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, it's cool, but 
yeah. So anyways, my dad had like homies that was like, you know, in the band as well. They have like a local band in the Philippines back in the day. And um, one of his uh, band members' son played guitar and he was the one who was teaching me, um, you know, I'd be like, oh, I heard this song. Can you teach me the song? And then after that, I moved to Australia. That was back in 2011. And then I, my dad was in this church. And, you know, since I was playing guitar, he was like, oh, you know, why don't you play guitar for the church? So I was playing guitar for the church for a while. And that's how I kind of got introduced to, you know, R&B music, uh, like, Church, church music, um, uh, all that stuff. And then started doing covers, you know, and then putting them on YouTube. Didn't expect anything, but <laughs> people, I don't know, for some weird reason, like started liking them. So, uh, you know, got into writing my own stuff. And then, yeah, it was, it was all history, bro. I mean, that's like, you know, the, the cover, the cover, you know, road that a lot of artists take. Sometimes yeah. they get stuck in like, yeah, exactly. you know, cover, you know, cover land. <laughs> and it's right. like that, that jump into like finally becoming a singer songwriter and writing your yeah. music is super hard for some, but. Um, that, that's true. No, that's true. It seems I, like you made that jump quite well. Honestly, I think I just, I, I did it at the perfect timing because, mm. um, I've done a fair bit of covers and as soon as I, you know, as soon as I saw that, like the videos were like getting like a million views and stuff. I, I think that was, I think there was like a Frank Ocean cover that I did. Yeah. Uh, self-control. I think that got like, you know, the buzz. I was like, okay, well I'm starting to gain, you know, fans now. Like I don't want to be making covers forever. I want to, you know, start introducing my own stuff to them. Mm. So, that's that's kind of like the time where I started, you know, writing and just working on my stuff. Yeah, that's great, man. I think like what you said earlier before in terms of like the household always being like filled with music. I think that's, mm -hmm. you know, for a lot of brown people, Filipinos, you know, Islanders, Polynesians, it's such yeah. a mainstay, you know. And I think exactly. I was just thinking when you said all that. I don't know, like, you know, Rage, obviously, ABC Rage mm -hmm. gets a lot of love. But I th I feel like one thing that doesn't get enough love that was, like, kind of underrated was Video Hits. Right. Um, yes. Do you remember Video Hits? It was, like, I do. Saturday morning. Like, my mom and yeah. dad used to, like, tape songs and we would just rewatch it from Sunday all the way to next Saturday and see, like, what new music would come out. And that's how we would, like, discover music back then. Yeah. And it was like the Britney, the, the Britney Spears and yeah. NSYNC and <laughs> Blue. Like it was just like a different world oh, before gosh, MTV yeah. and stuff like that for Australians. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, that's true. And like being where you are now, Rini, is like obviously you are like a really certified singer, songwriter, R&B artist. And recently you, you've you've moved to, to the States. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Yes. That's what kind of like, what kind of dictated that move to to LA uh well you know I was I was kind of only always kind of like trying to aim for you know the big picture mm. so when I you know started getting some recognition with my own stuff and like you know 
people were catching the bus in the U.S. back then. Um, I got hit up by like, you know, like different labels from the U.S. That was like, yo, like your, your music sounds dope. Like, would you, would you ever think of coming to the U.S.? Blah, blah, blah. But obviously like as a teenager, was working a part-time job. You know? mm. I can't, I can't afford to go to the U.S. and just, you know, be there and do all this stuff. So I said no to a lot of, you know, like labels, but like there was one time that, uh, L- I don't know if you know, L- LVRN. LVRN. Sounds familiar. LVRN. So it's like, uh, this record label in Atlanta. Yeah. They were the ones who first flew me out and you know was interested um until you know they saw some of my shows which you know i gotta admit my first couple of shows wasn't the best you know (laughs) so they were like ah yeah you know it's probably too early you know we're not gonna go through with it so Mm. it kind of just like made me you know wanted more yeah and I was like, nah, like that, that ain't it. Like, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to keep making music, going to keep working on my stuff until I can save up and actually go. But then after a couple weeks after that, my manager now, back, like, you know, he, back then he was in Atlanta. He called me, he was like, yo, like, I've been like telling people about your music, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, Warner heard your stuff and wanted you to come in to LA to, to talk. And I was like, oh, crap, like, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, wow. You know, and like, I, uh, I didn't want to, like, believe it at first, but I was like, damn, like, it's it's such a, you know, such a huge opportunity. Um, Like, this, this could be it. Like, this could, you know, make music my career type thing. And at, at that time, like, I wasn't really happy with where I'm at, like, where I was working, I was working a retail job. Mm. Um, always wanted to do music full time. That's all I I could think about. Like when I was working, I was like, "Damn, I just I want to be making music right now." So I was like, "You know what? I'm I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna fly to LA." So they flew me out to LA, and then yeah, they heard the new stuff, and they were like, "Yo, you know, we'd love to have you here." And yeah, it was it was kind of just like on from there. And then, <clears throat> yeah, decided to make the move out here. And yeah, now we, you know. <laughs> we are, yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, like it's those kind of decisions. I can't even, yeah, I know. Sorry. Yeah, like those decisions you need to make, like when you're, you know, younger, working retail and like doing that stuff. Like who, who helped you make those kind of decisions? Did you... Did you have a manager or a mentor? Because like sometimes when people approach you with like, you know, well, mm. we, have, we want to bring you to LA and... You yeah, know, you're kind of like, is this for real? Or like, am I making the right decision? I'm like, yeah. signing this thing. Honestly, it was um, it was my manager now. His name is Bobby, who helped me out. You know, with um, like the whole signing a deal situation. Before all of that, we got a lawyer, and you know, made sure that like we made the contract. Um work on my favor type thing. Mm, so nice. Um, yeah, he basically set that all up for me, man. Cause I, I didn't have no clue about 
anything. <laughs> yeah. So it was like massive, just, you know, massive trust in this one person. I was like, damn, like, you know, it could, it could be messed up, but you know what? Like it's been, it's been years and it's like, you know, he's like family to me, man. Like he's, yeah, he's done so much for me and looked after me for so long. And like, you know, I, I wouldn't be in this situation. It wasn't for him. So, yeah. It's interesting conversation. Cause like a lot of people, you know, become jaded about managers and, you know, I, I think mm. there's some managers out there that might not do the right thing, but at the end of the yeah, day, like we just care about the music and, mm-hmm. and the business side of things should be done by people who exactly. are around it all the time and can like leverage to get the best thing for you. Yeah. It's like, we can't do that ourselves. I mean, we, we could, but we, you know, don't have you, the, you gotta find, yeah, you gotta find people who are like, mm. you know, as, invested as you are totally yeah. stuff like and that was like you know that was the vibe that i got from from my manager the very first time it was like man like talking to everybody like going to like you know labels hitting everybody up like you you guys need to check this guy out like i was like all right like he's doing his thing type you know and yeah like he's um he's just been around the industry for a minute too. So he knows kind of like what's going on and like how to talk to people, you know? So I guess it's just, you know, I was, I was just lucky to have people like him. Yeah. You're right. You're like, you need people that care about the music as well as like that, that business exactly. side of thing. Cause if there's the, that disconnect, it's not the same. No. Like thinking about your music, you know, the journey of your music now, and obviously, you know, you're signed to a, a label, major and you you have like set up in LA and it's kind of like the main focus now is music whereas before it was like working retail family friends yeah. music on the side yeah is your like process of like creating different now do you find it a little bit more like laborious like it's a job or are you still I, in love with the process I definitely think it's a little bit more I don't want to say complicated it's just like you gotta you kind of got to strive for like, you know, just trying to make the best shit you can. Like I'm always like trying to just beat the stuff that I've made, you know, and it, that's become a thing for me. Like, it's not like, it's not like I don't love it. It's, it takes more work, but like, I still love, I, you know, I'm still passionate about making music and I still enjoy every single moment that I've, you know, because I'm learning as I go as well. And that kind of just like, that's how you evolve, mm. you know? Um, so yeah, uh, yeah, definitely more work. <laughs> yeah, <it's laughs> the, more Like work. the standard has yeah. gone up. Type how, about the, how about the pressure? Is there much pressure on you Very, to like deliver? Yeah, de- definitely a lot more pressure. Because obviously like, you know, being under a label, like you, they've got other you know, artists that like pushing and I don't want to say it's like a competition, but like it kind of is, you know, like it's, yeah, totally. you don't have a, you know, don't have a choice, but to really, you know, make sure that you, you are seen and, you know, you deliver the best, best stuff that you got. So yeah, definitely more pressure. It's, um, yeah, it gets scary sometimes, but you know what, like, if you if you love what you do, you know, like if you love what you make, then I think really that's all that matters. Mm. 
Because that pressure sometimes like works in some people's favor, you know, especially if you're, yeah. like, you got an album deadline, right? And it like keeps you hustling a little bit. Right. Harder. For but sure. in terms of like expectation from the people that are funding projects, you do feel that pressure of like yeah. the, who you're delivering for, you know, yourself as the artist or like the, yeah. the numbers. <laughs> I think, yeah, that's why, you know, sometimes <laughs> being independent is kind of, you know, a luxury. Like it's, you don't got to worry about, you know, anything. You just put out what you want to put out and, you know, fans love it. You love it. I mean, that's the key word about independent, you know, it's like you, you're in total control, but also there's no money. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, there's like yeah, pros definitely. and cons, you know what I mean? It's like, pros and cons, yeah. for sure. um, but like, you know, I remember when I was watching you release your song with Wale and mm -hmm. like, just being like, man, you know, definitely getting into that next like tier of an artist, like, right. When do you feel like, you know, is do you have hopes to, to be to becoming like even bigger than you are now? Like where do you where do you see yourself or where do you wanna go? Because I guess when you're working in retail, right, Rini, you were saying, I just want to work music full time and live the dream and now that you're in that spot, what's do you still have those goals that keep yeah, you going? I mean, yeah, dude, like I feel like it's just developed even more. Like my hunger for it is like like I'm trying to be as big as I can be, you know, and that's not, you know, that's not just my, my, my dream. Like I'm trying to do that for my, you know, my family, like my peers, like my fellow Filipinos that like, you know, trying to do music. Like, I feel like it's, it's such a, it would be a crazy thing to be like, you know, one of the first, you know, Filipinos, like full Filipinos from like actually from, Philippines coming out to like the US, you know, and doing this, this thing, like, it's a blessing, man. And I just want to like inspire and, you know, like motivate fellow Filipino artists that, you know, we can all do it too. Like as long as we put our hearts into it and just, yeah, have faith in the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> in the lord yeah so filipino no, that's it <laughs> but it's true yeah i think yeah. it's like um you know that's why i wanted to talk to you as well it's like you may not believe it or not but I, i'm 100 percent sure that you're a role model for a lot of kids out there but especially a lot of like filipino kids Thank and like filipino australian kids you know i think yeah you, when you're growing up filipino australian i wanted to kind of get your thoughts on it but we kind of like you know the forgotten kids <laughs> where it's yeah. just like we, we have to like jump around and sing and dance for people to notice us. Yeah. Man. Um, like how, how did that play into like your upbringing of, you know, being Filipino and Australian and like finding your voice and being a creative? Uh, it's a bit of both. Like, I feel like there was parts of it where I was kind of like lost. Like I don't, know what I'm supposed where I'm supposed to be or where I belong type mm -hmm. thing like like coming to the US being Australian and Filipino that's like you know there's not a lot of them here. Mm -hmm. and you know me coming to Australia being Filipino that's like it was like a whole culture shock to you mm. but um oh, so you were born in the philippines really i was born in the philippines oh yeah, wow I, I, okay that I, would have been even you know more of an adjustment for you definitely yeah mm. i barely spoke english when i came to yeah australia. crazy how old were you when you moved to to oz 
I was 13. Wow. So okay, I was quite, cool. a, you know, I, I had a, I had a life in the Philippines yeah. and, you know, I had friends. I had, I was going to school every day. I was like, you know, I, I cried, bro. When yeah. I got on that plane, I was like, damn, like. 13 is like a, that's like a um, formative year, like 12, exactly. 12, 13, just before high school. That's like, exactly. damn. Yeah. It's like, bro, it was scary mm. because. You know, I was getting to my teen years. I'm like, damn, like, what if I don't have friends? Like, yeah, I... you know, but um, I was blessed, man. And it's like me and my girl were talking about it, actually, like a week, couple of weeks ago. It's crazy how, like, my life's been kind of divided mm. into different, like, continents. I don't know, like, I was like, <laughs> yeah, like different places, you know, because mm. like each, like, be growing up in the Philippines like allowed me to like really experience life yeah. in that you know like being being living in a third world country but like it's different people don't it's know like, man people don't know yeah. like the Philippines is is real it's like exactly they think it's like Japan Korea Philippines now nah. Philippines is different bro like you gotta grind bro. yeah it's it's, 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 different. it's a hard like, life out there for our relatives man exactly like man like you know growing up like my dad was barely around like he'd be coming home like a mm. couple months later because he was working as a seaman like you know right sheep. and he'd be gone for ages so it's just my mom taking care of like three kids and then um yeah growing up in australia it's like damn man like i had to adjust to so so much stuff like yeah so it seems like like in all your film, like you you know one to thirteen Philippines thirteen to like your twenties Australia now mm -hmm. America because America is an, an, a whole another game too to oh, Australia. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah, like, like it's a wild west out there. <laughs> it really just like prepared me for this. You know, I think this is the final, the final level yeah. before yeah. I get to. Till like, you go to like Fiji or something, or like yeah. the Bahamas, that's yeah, the next exactly. level for you. Yeah, that would be nice. <laughs> yeah, because a lot of people are like, man, oh, America. I, every time I go to America, I'm like, man, it's different out here. Like, bro, it's you know, honestly, it's uh, a, <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> it's like, I mean, you know, it's not what you see on TV. It's mm. like people think you go to America, it's like, yo, it's. You know, he made it or like, you know, bro, like people struggle out here too. Yeah. Big time. It's tough. It's, um, it's a crazy ass place. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm like, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Like I always say like Australia, like we, we, we're a little Australia's bit like, blessed, we're blessed. <laughs> like we, we got a good, we're protected. We have like, exactly. We're a little bit like naive and sheltered. Cause when you go to mm. America, people out there have to be thick skinned men because like, right. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, and I don't no, I never, no diss to any Americans listening, but no, no, it's just no. like the the lifestyle and the culture. It's different. It's different. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. bro. Hundred percent spot on. Like, I never have to look back over my shoulder. Like when I'm in Australia. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> here in LA, I was like, I, like, bro, it's it's too yeah. much. But you know, it's. I think yeah. I'm I'm just glad that I got the. Um, like my origin story was different. You yeah. Know, coming from the Philippines, maybe in Australia, growing up there. And then, you know, as an adult, like being out here and just, you know, doing this life thing, this music thing is, you know, it really prepared me for this, mm. this exact moment. So, yeah. Do you have like, it seems like, you know, for someone that's moved around and a big, 
kind of culture shifts and stuff. Are you mm-hmm. are you quite good at like building good people around you? Because I find if you don't do that, you know, things can get quite lonely, you know, yeah. when you start new lives in different places. But Definitely. I, I would say, yeah, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm like the type of person who's like, like I'm super easygoing mm. and just like friendly to everybody type, you know, thing. I mean, I'm not like super like, you know, conversational like that, but I'm like always like, oh, if, if someone would t- like somebody knew, like somebody random say would talk to me, like I'd listen, you know, mm. I'd like, I'll try to have a conversation, but, um, you know, wouldn't go too crazy. Like, yo, like, you know, yeah. nice to meet you. Like mm. I'm chill, which I think is like, you know, what a, good a lot energy. of people, mm. you know, like, and um, yeah, I think, I think I'm pretty good at building connections. I mean, that's like one thing that a lot of young artists don't realize that when you start making music, it is like a big part of it is about like collaboration and like connecting exactly. with people and connecting with labels, you know, hundred connecting with the audience. And like, you know, I think that leads me to my next question about the shows I see, you know, when you post videos on tour, the fans like love watching you. Like, right. How do you feel about touring? Is that a big part of like your artistry? Do you prefer making music or do you prefer touring it? Or is it the same? Honestly, like touring, like I've, you know, I only really just started touring, touring like that uh, probably last year. So um, it, it's there's parts of it where I'm like, mm, like it's it's tough, but like, you know, Majority of the time, I'm like, I, I love doing this shit because I just get to meet so many people and like visit so many places, you know, I've never been to. And like, all I really got to do is play, you know, do what I love doing already. Like, it's it's like, or it's, I don't know, it feels too easy sometimes, but like, it's not at the same time, you know, it's like, it's a lot of preparation and, you know, it doesn't take one person to run this whole thing. Like, there's so many hands that are involved um, in making tours happen. So like, you know, having that great, um, like having a great system with your team and all that stuff is like, you know, it could be a lot sometimes, uh, you know, it gets stressful, I think. And, um, you know, sometimes you gotta make compromises, uh, budget, budgeting, all that stuff. I don't want to get deep into it, but, um, Overall, man, I think I, I think I love touring. It's definitely one of those things that I want to keep working on for myself. Um, and just like, you know, give people a crazy ass experience every time they come see the show. Like, I feel like that's what people look for. That's what people come like. They want to they want to feel it. They want to they want to see They want to feel it. They want to just connect with you in like a deeper, you know, deeper way, not just listening on, you know the freaking car radio whatever type thing so yeah that connection is everything you know have yeah, you have yeah. you done a show in the homeland yet like in the philippines uh i'm actually i'm going next month uh not next month but in july oh amazing so that's gonna be my very first yeah debut show out there debut wow. show, yeah so it's gonna it's pretty special man like, yeah i can't wait to see you something. might you'll probably cry Oh man, <laughs> yeah, Because it's your, it's, you, you still have rallies out there, right? You like, yeah, have, yeah, and they're, they're gonna got, come check you out for sure. Hopefully. Yeah, I've got like 
so many like aunties and uncles and grandmas and cousins. oh they're gonna be blown away man they're gonna be like i would love for them to see like you know what i've been doing don't put don't put on too much of a big show otherwise your balak bayon box will get bigger and <laughs> bigger and bigger every year that's so true bro. the size of a truck <laughs> no it's they i gonna hit you up on facebook yeah like, <laughs> like, hey um <laughs> so funny man it's true but it's like that's why you know people don't understand it's like when you have filipino relatives out there it's like when they yeah. see someone you know like their cousin overseas do well they're just really proud you know and i think they are yeah and people don't understand sure. like life out there is tough you know and it's just I like i think it's such a cool story that i didn't know you were born in in the philippines you came over at 12 that would have been you know a yes, crazy sir. adjustment um, what's what's one song like for the fans listening that you like really love playing for people or like the one that kind of really mm. feels the best? Right now, I mean, like throughout the whole tour that I've been doing, like there's like always the the last one, which is Meet Me in Amsterdam. Mm. And my favorite part about that song live is like the last part where people sing meet me next to that and it's like i've done it so many times but every single time like they sing the words it's like i'll get chills in yeah. my body world like i'm just like damn like sometimes i'll just be looking up and just closing my eyes and like wow like people really singing this song you know like it's it means something to them mm. as much as it means to me you know it's so, a crazy feeling hey like, seeing yeah, people bro, sing sing songs back to you like that Exactly, bro. I think that's like that's that's why I love touring. Mm. I feel like the, those those moments that you share, you know, with the fans and like, yeah, dude, like it's and the stories that you you hear from them too. Like, you know, I've heard so many stories where you know people say like, you know, the music's really you know helped them in the toughest times of their lives. So I'm just like, damn, like that's that's why that's a reason why you know gotta keep making music because i mm. love i love being able to do that for people like yeah. that's kind of like that's if that's my my contribution to the world like that's pretty crazy man that's, yeah man it's a big deal i think it's been like <laughs> it's been like a running theme on a lot of like the the episodes we've been doing just like mm -hmm. the 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 weight of responsibility but also how like how privileged we are to be in a position to make things for people to, re mm -hmm. to resonate with. And I think yeah. sometimes we miss that, like we, we kind of play that down. But I mean, you think about songs that you've listened to growing up that changed your life or, you know, mm -hmm. got you through things and how important yeah. they are to you. That's the same, you know, with some kids that listen to your music, which is crazy. Exactly. Crazy to exactly, think about. Man. Um, but yeah, man, I think like I'm like really excited for people to kind of hear our collab it's been like Me 12, 12 months in the in the making um, I, I don't know when i asked you <laughs> yeah. like the last time but i'm it was ages actually, ago bro. it was like yeah that four or five months ago um, <laughs> and before that it was the, the song was yeah done. it was done ages <laughs> a couple ago. months ago yeah know. so i'm yeah man i'm i'm super excited for this one too yeah i cannot wait i'm like thankful to like you're you're just an amazing artist man and you thank you hum so much, a humble bro. humble guy so likewise keep thank you. keep doing your thing and i just wanted to ask you like a question before we bounce is like what's your top three like filipino <laughs> dishes <laughs> like uh, comfort food 
If you had I, to eat uh, it every single day. Okay. Um, all right. So it depends. Sometimes it depends on the weather, right? Mm. Like normal days, like I would have like, you know, Adobo would be like my favorite. Mm, adobo with like, like uh, scorching or? hot rice. Yes. It has and to be like, like I, volcanic. Mom, <laughs> yeah, dude. My mom makes it a little bit dry, but like a little more oily. The adobo? It's got that like, yeah, like yeah, sour taste. Yeah, that's the same as my mom. My mom is never, I've seen some wet adobos, but mom's is always a bit dry. It gets a bit crispy. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, that's That's the way, bro. I like chicken more lately. I mean, yeah, me too. Chicken's just a little. I mean, pork is like goaded, but it's like if you have too much of that, I don't know, man. It's like, (laughs) you know, that's the that's the gout. Yeah, you get that Filipino. (laughs) You get that Filipino neck, and I'm trying to avoid that. (laughs) The older I get, so switch to chicken. Filipino neck. (laughs) Oh my god. Yeah. So adobo is number one. Yeah, adobo is number one. On a rainy day, I love to eat. You had toyot before? Toyot? Yeah, bro. Like dried fish? Oh, like um, uh, milk fish? Not milk fish, but it's like the smaller versions. Like it's, um, I don't know what it's called, like in English, bro, but um, hold up. Toyot in English. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. I should have put fish. Yeah, it's just, it's basically. Yeah, it's like a herring fish. Oh, okay. Like Salted fried? dried. Yeah. Yeah. And like you dip in like vinegar, vinegar. with like garlic, onion, and freaking chili. Mm. On a rainy day, yeah. with like rice. With rice. And um, <laughs> you know the itlog napula? No. It's, it's like, uh, I think it's like duck eggs. But like oh, like the salty, yeah, salty, yeah, the egg, yeah, salty egg. Yeah, the salty yeah. egg. Sorry, yeah. bro. I only know the Australian terms for these. <laughs> oh, you That's mean so you mean salted egg, bro? <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly the one. Oh, bro, that combination though, like of the salted egg and the fish and the rice, and you just drizzle that. Yeah, it's like such a strong flavor, man. It's like, yeah, bro. And then rounding right. rounding out for number three, we should have gone the my other number- way, <laughs> but it's okay. <laughs> my number three go to. I think I would say woo. Bro, I love sopas. Sopas, oh. Sopas is so fire, bro. I, I, that might, you know. That I might be know. number one? It might be, because I could eat that, bro, every day mm. and not get sick of it. But wow, I don't normally like hear cream. people, like every time I ask this, it's like sinigang, but like sopas is like never mentioned, but yeah. I mean, I've had so much sinigang, bro, like mm. I feel like, and sinigang, you know, it's dope, but. I feel like I, I, oh, I can't. I, I can only it eat it like every, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Mm. Um, yeah. Nice. So That's a great answer. Yeah. We we, Thanks, we didn't have it all the time growing up. We just had it like when we went to auntie's house. It was like a yeah. sp- special thing. Um, but yeah, oh, that's a great. Yeah. If like anyone listening hasn't, you know, Filipino food is like soul food of Southeast Asia. Try those top three, really top three. Man, I'm, I'm hungry now. It's like 10 a.m. out here. <laughs> man, you better you better get some I, some Filipino. Yeah, bro. I'll get some. But man, thank what's, you, what's, thank you so much. Oh, what's up? No, no, I was gonna ask. Sorry, before you go, what's like some? What's a? Are there any like Filipino restaurants out there in Perth that's like bustling? Perth, like uh, I would say in Australia, like you know Melbourne and Sydney are the two main uh, right. ones. Right, right. Like 
the, the, the Filipino community out here is a little bit scattered. We do have a mm-hmm. few restaurants, um, but there's a really cool one out here called Lola's and they do um, they do the boodle fights really well. Oh, my day. You know, and it's like there's no one out here did those, you know, and I think it's like a yeah. cool, I like a lot of people that are interested in Filipino food. I feel like that's a good experience, you know, just like yeah. lay it all out, bring like a, a bunch yeah. of friends. So they do that well. But I'm best, like, if I want good Filipino food, I'll just ask my mum <laughs> to cook me something. Like, I mean, that's true. Every now and then I'll get a craving of just, like, yeah, double or rice or, like, just corned beef and rice or something super simple. Well, corned beef, oh, my God. And I'll With just, like, I'll go over and, like, bust the door down, open the fridge. <laughs> like, where's, where's my food? But, um, yeah. it's the, I mean, Filipino food out in L.A. must be, there must be some spots, right? Oh, yeah, there's definitely some, some spots here. But, mm. It's just a little expensive, you know, the, yeah. the whole exchange rate is not really on our side right now. <laughs> I d- yeah, for real. I don't know. It's like a lot of Filipino places I go to and like I get it because they have to yeah. like tailor to the Western taste. Yeah. It's just like either too sweet or like it's just not the same, you yeah. know, hasn't got that's that why, punch. Yeah. That's why we kind of just like, you know, go to the, the grocery or the mm. market and just pick up the ingredients and cook it here. Yeah. I'm bad at you cooking know. Filipino food though. <laughs> Do you cook it well or no? I mean, not as well as my mom. Yeah, but good enough. Like, you know, it's 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 there. Yeah. It's there if you need it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, amazing, man. Bro, thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much for your time, man. And um, yeah. I appreciate you, bro. Thanks for having me. Myself and all the Rini fans are looking forward to what's next from you. Um, but yeah, Sir, keep in touch. I can't wait. You too. Hi, right, bro. Thanks, Saku. Appreciate Peace, man. It. Have a good one. Take care. Bye. Welcome home. A podcast by Taku.